<laughs> started. I, I said that way too loud, and I jarred Sarah. After a very long pause. Okay, I am talking like a normal human right now for this podcast ambush, and I was... I wanted to include you in recording the intro of this podcast as we, we revisit an old podcast because you are a part of the old, the entirety of the podcast I'm sharing today. And I'll tell you what one is in just a second. But I was grabbing coffees with a couple friends last week. One, one's an old friend and one's a new friend. And the new friend had mentioned to me, Rob, man, I feel like as this past few months I've gotten to know you, I feel like something, like a word I would use to describe you is intentional. And he was talking about if you if you are going to dive into something, you're going to be intentional about it and try to find the very best way to do it. Or like even I, I mean, nerding out about pencils. I'm like, I feel like the pencil is the perfect writing utensil, and so I want to keep holding on to that in my life. And if I'm going to use it every day, I should u- figure out the very best pencil. By the way, Sarah, I'm getting close to her. I'm right in her face. And I just want to tell you right now that black wing pearl 602 as, as the best pencil. It's actually not called bra- black wing pearl. It's a black wing 602. It's the perfect combination of Japanese incense cedar. And really the most important is that graphite in the core has the perfect balance between hardness, which provides sharpness retention, and softness, which provides writability and smooth writing experience, darker lines on the page, but you don't want to be too soft of a, of a graphite core because that will make it more smudge-proof, but too hard of a core, and you're going to get really light core. Not smudge-proof, but smudgeable. It'll smudge, and so you got to find that exact balance. And when I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about intentionality, I really didn't realize how much of a German mindset that is. Yeah, I would say the German and Japanese, they're both <laughs> cultures that are that really value intentionality and precision and there's a best way to make something or do something. Yes. Dear Lord, Sarah has just pulled out of the oven a That's not bad. a Dutch oven. I used the, what? Yeah, what is this oil? Is is this? That's, that's not olive oil, is it? Nope. It should have a higher heat smoke index. Yes, that one does. But now, our entire kitchen is filled with smoke right now. So I'm going to wrap this up in the thoughts of, I have really fallen love, fallen in love specific, and it's interesting that you're saying Japanese and German because specifically when it comes to film photography, I really do love the history of those cultures and their precision. And I, I find that I gravitate towards only using cameras that were either made in Japan or Sarah has now placed the bread back in the oven. It was never in the oven. It was never, the bread was never, the, the bread has risen. Dutch oven. Really walk us through this. <laughs> That's it. I love the Dutch oven breads that you've been making. Those are good. I'm making this for you. Any contribution to thoughts or anything? Dutch oven breads? This is for your sandwiches. Thank you. <laughs> uh, anyways, I, I feel like that's a, a part of why I love Leica is just you hold it in your hand. Like, does a Leica camera take better pictures than other film cameras? I don't know. But there's something about the entirety of the experience, like advancing the film. It's just, you just feel 
that attention to detail in there. And as I was thinking about this week, I was thinking about how really one of the first times I really fully started understanding, and can I fully really understand, but I started deeper, deeper understanding of the German mindset of uh, intentionality towards things was when we visited there. And one of my favorite episodes that I had, or maybe not even an episode, I've had one of my favorite experiences of doing the podcast was running all over Frankfurt and Cologne, Germany, recording podcasts and uh, just being goofballs together on a trip like we normally do. And I was reminded just now, as I was thinking about these episodes, I was thinking about one of my absolute favorite tattoo experiences that I had in Cologne, Germany, when I got my Edelweiss. But what did I say? Cologne? Same trip, but not right city. Yes. I got... Not always be correcting you. It's just you're wrong. Listen, if the two of us have the exact same opinion and agree on everything and I'm saying everything perfect, there's no point in both of us recording these podcasts. So just... Continue to correct me. Okay, so is this podcast from the day you got the tattoo? Yeah, so I recorded this, and I recorded that conversation with Bobby right after we got our tattoo, because that's normal, right? You get a tattoo, and you say, hey, this is fun. Uh, you want to record part of our conversation? So it's a really short part of the conversation, but in it, she mentioned that one of her things, she's from the West Coast here in the States, but I believe it's her dad that was from Germany, and so she moved over there. She's back in the States. We've been talking about doing a round two tattoo at some point. Um, but she was saying that one of the things she'll miss, one of the things she enjoys about Germany is the attention to detail in everyday life, whether it's with a conversationally or with beer. And now if you hear water running in the background, Sarah's now moved on to washing dishes. I got to stay on top of it. I am completely useless right now. Please. No, I did, it doesn't matter. We're gonna I mean, we're gonna jump from this noise right now to walking by the river downtown Frankfurt, Germany. What did you ask? Is, is this episode taking place before the tattoo? This was taking place after the tattoo. Well, you and I are walking home in Frankfurt now. Let me paint you a picture. I had gotten the tattoo, sure. and the way we had worked it out is, I met up with Bobby at the tattoo shop, and. Uh-huh. You left because you're not going to sit around for an hour and a half or however long that was. What did you do? Well, I had to go to the ATM to get you money to pay for it. Oh. And then I went to... But seriously, thank you. Then I went to a um, charity shop, a thrift store, and got a pair of pants and a sweater vest. And then I went to a bar. Well, I don't know, bar, restaurant. They're kind of usually both. And had some awful vine. Yes. And then I brought you back there later because it was. Look how good you are at pronouncing awful vine now, by the way, because. I've always said it right. Well, in this intro, both of us are like, no, we are just learned. This is our first. What are we saying? Hey, awful vine. But I think in the intro, we were, I was like, I think, I think I called it apple vine, apple wine, and you were helping me. That is the English. Yes. Apple wine. But as long as we weren't saying apful. Apple. That would be annoying. Awful vine. Yes. 
I'm just having fun pronouncing it. And now I'm going to send you're people right so into this. Much, you're going to throw us off. I'm saying, yeah, that's really true. You, I, you, I can see you blacking out right now. Oh, I can't. I'm shutting down using all the words. Just one word. Continue. The, that, what you just said, there was an interesting point too. Cash. If you're going to get, I, we have gotten a ton of tattoos in a ton of different countries. It's a, a passion, a travel passion of mine. It's that, it's the, the living travel patch, which oh, Sarah God, hates us. Right. <laughs> it's, it's not really, but I do love the experience oh, it of it. I do have the belief that our travel memories, we should hold on to them. And there are three main ways to hold on to your travel memories and your life's experiences, and they all require ink and something sharp. You can either print out photos and nail them to your wall. You can either so use a Blackwing 602 <laughs> to use a pencil. I love a 605. No, Blackwing 602, I believe. Now I'm rethinking the perfect pencil that's ever made. Blackwing 602. But what about 605? 605, non-existent. Uh, <laughs> you can either use a sharp pencil to write down your memories in your journal, or you can get a friend to tattoo it on your skin. But you should bring cash, even in this society right now that we're living in. Where big cities. There's, I never really thought about that. The tattoo industry as a whole always prefers cash. Some places will take card, but just assume they don't. Yeah, if you're getting a tattoo, and I and I think it's pretty standard. If, what do you feel like the minimum? If you can get even a small tattoo, kind of the, the standard shop minimum anywhere is? In Europe, I would say 50 euro. In no. the U.S., maybe 50 bucks if you're in a smaller town, probably more like 75. Yeah, 75 to 100 seems a little steep for a min- minimum on a small. As a minimum, unless you're in like, I don't know, New York maybe, but. If you're curious about this, I have a guide to getting your first tattoo uh, is one of my most listened podcast episodes, and it dives into a little bit of this. But what that money goes towards, I don't know if I mentioned this in that episode, but that money, the shop minimum is every time you go to a proper tattoo shop, they have to you know, get a new needle out that's sealed. There's a and so there's a, that's you, one-time use. Yes. I never really thought about that angle. Which reminds me of another episode we did on the podcast called A Guide to Tipping in Bars Around the World. And you should you should have extra cash to, all, I mean, just always standard 20% tattoo mm-hmm. tip. I feel like I did 20% of a tattoo tip in uh, Bratislava, and he was kind of blown away that I was leaving that. Yeah, I got the sense that they were almost no no tip. Like he wasn't really expecting maybe a little something as like a gesture. That was interesting because almost everywhere else we've ever been, it's expected. Yeah, that is one of the cultural things if you bring yourself to the situation that you don't have to like – if you just tip how you do here in the States, no one's going to be – unless you're in Japan – no one's going to be really offended. And maybe even Japan's changed in the past five years. I don't know. Well, it probably isn't all of Japan. I, I think some of those are these like cultural generalities that applied maybe 30 plus years ago. But now in today's society, everybody is caught up to each other. So like a high-end cocktail bar in Tokyo, yeah, you're going to tip. It's yeah. not offensive. They're making high-end modern cocktails. So I think it's just not... 
Yeah, seriously, you walk in just about almost every tattoo shop I've got I've gotten into in Europe. You walk in and there's skateboards on the walls. Usually their desks are going to have like Legos and like Marvel posters on it. But let's not bring in our, our let's not offend them by bringing our American dipping culture. <laughs> so stupid. Okay. Let's dive into it. Uh this uh, join Sarah and I on the streets of Frankfurt, Germany. Pre or post tattoo? I don't know. Pre COVID. This was recorded in, yeah, this was pre COVID. This was recorded back in 2019, January 2019. $365 flights, round trip. January, there's something about January to Europe that that it seems. It's a weird time to go. That's why. Shoulder season, baby. Let's go. I don't think I call that shoulder. Okay, you wouldn't. Okay, now I was going to end it there. Sarah is, feels very compelled that she, I should not be calling this a shoulder season. I was saying that it's legit off-season January. Off-season, baby. Let's go. Ah! I'm hungry. So there's two bars over here. I'm going to first take you to the one that I went to, and then next door is the other one, which we could also go to. Okay. This one just has apple wine. They have only bottles of beer, so that's what you're gonna drink. Apple wine. Okay. I'm fine drinking apple wine. I'm in a good mood. I'm in a, I'm in a mood for apple wine. <laughs> okay. Apple wine? Is that how they said say it? Awful wine. Awful. And you want it? They, uh, sh- the Bobby future? said you want it pure. Oh, without mixed. Yeah. Without any mixed. Pure. Yeah, pure. It's like the same word. I'm probably butchering that like every other word I've tried to learn over the past couple days. I went in this department to sort of look at perfumes. I didn't find anything interesting. Okay, do we have a couple minutes while I'm walking? I'll keep this fast. Here's the deal. I've been doing this podcast for about a year and a half. It's opened up so many conversations with people. Uh, It's been one of the coolest experiences of my life. I'm walking the streets of Frankfurt right now, and I just got out of my, one of my, I'm going to say it, my favorite tattoo I've ever gotten. Yeah, it's so good. My friend Bobby. Yeah, is that what I said? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. So here's the deal. My curiosity today has led me to looking at the city I'm in a little bit deeper. We're in Frankfurt right now. We got in last night. And like a lot of things, especially in Germany, nothing is whatever just meets the eye. First of all, we woke up this morning. We start walking around in Germany. And, you know, you see pictures and you see people with, like, music playing on the streets. And you think, oh, they're going to play like the, as some of our friends call it, the oompa-pa music. Yeah. But really, we walk out and instantly the first song that starts playing, the theme of Godfather, the movie. Yeah. So instantly I'm walking to Frankfurt listening to this Godfather soundtrack. To me, it was perfect. My friend, Bobby, who grew up on the West Coast, actually works at the shop called Studio 23 here in Frankfurt. So I swung by to get a tattoo with her. I got a tattoo of an Edelweiss flower, which is a very German flower. I don't know. I'm, I'm very apprehensive to get a, an Edelweiss 
because I don't I don't want people from Germany to think I'm being like getting something like stereotypical. A cheese ball. Cheese ball. But the but Edelweiss. Like you really connect with it on a lot of different levels. I do. Edelweiss has a lot of meaning. It really connects with me to my past. Uh, a lot of personal stuff on a personal level. Here's my question for my friend Bobby is she was telling me a story how we both grew up watching Sound of Music. She did too. And we watched, I used to grow up watching it on VHS. And on VHS it has two tapes to it. The first half of the movie is on the first one, second half on the other. But she said it was funny because she grew up thinking that there was only one half of Sound of Music. Her parents never played the second half of the movie. Probably because, I'm assuming because she was younger and, you know, kids aren't going to sit through a full two VHS movie. So she grew up for the majority of her childhood only watching the first VHS, only to find out that there's this whole other side that ties the whole movie together. It was probably the most interesting side of the movie. So my question for her was, Germany seems to be that way too, of like if you look at Germany, you look at culture and history and you look at stuff, you'll just see the superficial value of something. If you're curious enough to ask the story behind everything, there's so much depth. So for someone growing up on the West Coast, I'm wondering if she ever left Germany, where's some of the depth that she'll miss? totally makes sense um you know the the feeling of walking on these old streets yeah. i mean yeah totally. you know all over europe you know, you'll you'll find that as well i mean for me it's just so tied into my family yeah that you know so so many so many of the people of my past have been on the same streets in this area for so long mm-hmm. um you know in the springtime how the the forests around the cities wake up. Mm. Um, oh, yes. Know, it's, a, it's a lot different from the States because you, you'll be driving in parts of the States for hours and not see anybody. Yeah. That's actually one of the things I do miss. Yeah. Um, but here it's, you know, you you have these oasises of just green in between all of the, mm-hmm. these yes. very old civilizations that, you know, that civilization of you know, the forests, mm-hmm. yes. valleys, they're much older, and it's, uh, it's, it's great to reflect on here. Oh, man. Um, and, you know, like, the food's great. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, the drinks are cheap. The drinks are cheaper. And the drinks are so cheap. And the beer is awesome. <laughs> it's good stuff for less, and it's, yes. that you can't yeah and I might admit and like the whole thing we were talking about like face, taking things for face value there's so much like you just like in Germany there's so much depth to everything every every beer you taste isn't just that beer uh, it's like there's a history and culture behind yeah. it and yeah. I feel like everything you come across in Germany is like that out yeah. in many ways they're very uh, the Germans are you know they they like to know about it they like to master yes so it's, um, you know, they, they, just, they just like to, even in the language, mm. when you're speaking with somebody, there's even, you'll, you'll hear, oder, they'll, they'll say something, and they're asking you, or, yeah. and it's your chance to correct them if they're wrong. Yes. Uh, yeah. Because they want to be as correct as possible. <laughs> really? So even if you say the right word, if the pronunciation's not right, it's like, hey, how about we fix that? Yeah. Figure out the so, right pronunciation. Yeah, they, they all, they just, there's a lot... You know, it's just oh, that's so good. You know, so it's which I'm pumped I ran into you because now we leave for <laughs> Cologne tomorrow, and I, I want Kolsch beer, and I've always been it's Kolsch beer, but it's how do you say it? Kolsch. Kolsch. <laughs> so now I want Kolsch. Cool, cool. <laughs> that's 
That's gonna be hard. I've been saying Kolsch for years. You know what? <laughs> the, the the trick of it, you need to drink three, and then you'll say it. Perfect. Oh. You'll be perfect. Yeah, yeah. You'll be perfect. Yes. Okay. Greatest tattoo of my life. I'm so, I'm mm. really pumped about yeah, this. Yeah, beautiful. Okay. I'm so happy. Okay. Holy crap. Seriously, one of the greatest tattoo experiences I've ever had. Not just because the tattoo freaking rules, but because Bobby is a badass. I'm gonna turn this off because I got more Frankfurt to look at the rest of our night. What are we gonna do? What do you think? Maybe grab some beer? Probably. All right. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And as always, stay curious. What do you think about that tag? Uh, stay curious. Is it kind of lame? Should I stop doing that? No, it, it works. It's just so cheesy. Oh, it's cheesy. Well, do whatever the hell you want. I'm going to stay curious. Be curious. Be don't. Be I don't, don't care. care. <laughs> I mean, really, I don't give a damn what you do. That's your business. All right. Peace out. Rob Morgan is an internationally touring bassist on a journey to discover what it means to live a curious life. At thecuriouspod.com, you'll find an archive of conversations recorded all over the world, a map of recording locations, a weekly newsletter, and official podcast merchandise. Rob is recording a daily podcast where he's sharing insights into the creative journey and the secrets to living a curious life that he's discovered from over a decade of traveling the world with music. We here at Curious Endeavors have told him this is probably a mistake and he's an idiot to attempt it, but he won't budge, so that's where we're currently at. We hope you'll enjoy.